Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Agile Podcast, the only Agile podcast that takes place in a pub. My name is Jeff Watts, and I hope you enjoy today's unscripted Agile-related ramble with my good friend Paul Goddard. We really do genuinely like people getting in touch, letting us know what they do and don't like, or asking us questions. So please tweet us at The Agile Podcast. You can rate us on iTunes, or you can like and comment on SoundCloud. Anyway, on with the show, and cheers. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Paul. Welcome to Malmesbury. Malmesbury. I don't think I've ever been here before. I haven't. I've just driven it through, driven through it now for the first time. Oh, pretty. It's very pretty. A village. A river. It's um, a yeah, river it's... flows through Malmesbury. Sorry. The Avon. Probably. Avon. I was past Avon Mills and yeah, I imagine it's the Avon or the Milling Factory. But yeah, this is now. Um, this is Malmesbury. Is it Wiltshire or is it? Yes, Wiltshire. Yeah. Wiltshire. Yeah. Um, Dyson, James Dyson country, yeah. just up, up the road. Dyson, very H- Dyson HQ, and I noticed on the bar there was a Dyson fan, yeah. and I've heard several. You can hear the hand rise. Yeah. In fact, people on this podcast will probably have to hear the hand rise come on um, occasionally during this recording, but there we are. Oh, cheers. Cheers, buddy. Welcome back. Cheers. This is the first time I've seen Jeff since he got back off the island. Didn't think I'd come back, did you? <laughs> I was a bit worried. Much faith in me. He's all in one piece. I can I can uh, confirm that. There's no s- visible scars. He's got less facial hair than he did. A lot less facial hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what are we drinking first before we talk about that? What's, well, you bought them. So. I bought the round today. So for myself, I bought and um, I was a bit the, the stuff the, the the cider on draft was a bit ordinary, and I've had it before, so I tried something different. I've got a bottle of Welsh cider, which is. Orchard Gold, award-winning Orchard Gold, from the, I'm going to pronounce that Welsh name. Gwinti Very good. The Welsh Cider and Perry Company, which is very nice. It's a, it's a medium dry, golden medium cider with a refreshing apple aroma. Smooth, balanced flavour. There's a fresh, crisp sharpness. Shows up the true origins as a traditional farmhouse cider. Made in Pontypridd. There you go. Mm. And I bought you... What's it called, the... It's called Rev. Rev. That's it. That's That's it. Well, there was a bit more written on the pub, but I can't remember what it said. Okay. I, I, I pulled a, a pint of... It's quite dark. Rev. Yeah. yeah. I should I should have uh, noticed what, where it was brewed and things like that. A little nutty. Yeah. Creamy. But very easy to drink. It's in a brains glass, which again is another Welsh brewery, isn't it? We know well, I think... Yeah, I, I did read somewhere. It's in an association with Westerns, but... Um, I think I saw on the internet this place is, is a Brains pub, which is a Welsh yeah. yeah. brewery. So perhaps that's the Welsh connection. Okay. Maybe it's a Welsh beer, I don't know. And the, the name of the pub is The Smoking Dog. Yes. We, Jeff and I were mainly attracted to this pub by its name, I'll be honest. Now you know that phrase, don't judge a book by its cover. We are shallow enough to judge a pub <laughs> by its name. And I was intrigued by a pub called The Smoking Dog. And um, sure enough, you drive through Marsbury on... Um, and on the sign, the, the hanging sign, yeah. there's a picture of a smoking dog, a dog that is smoking. Uh, just to reinforce, we do not endorse cruelty to animals in any way, shape or form on this podcast. Didn't they like he was cruel? They were like he was smoking <laughs> through choice. But uh, I asked the barman, and um, he pointed me to a painting um, on, the, on the wall, 
And it is indeed. The pub is named after a, a picture, a, a painting they found in the attic mm. when they refurbished this pub. Mm. Um, and it's a picture of a, smoke, a dog who is smoking a pipe. That's, that's as far as the analogy goes. It's not, not particularly deep. No. no. It's just a dog that's enjoying a pipe. Yeah, I think they were have a vague memory of seeing a dog smoking on TV in like some kind of talent show style oh, really? thing, you know, when that was kind of acceptable. In the 80s, yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Like Jim Davidson. Oh, yeah. yeah, probably. <clears throat> so come on then, Jeff, let's, uh, let's, let's uh, retrospect on your... How long ago was it? Just give us a rough idea. How, how, how long have you been back? Uh, let me think. I think... A week or so? A week and a half. A week and a bit. Yeah, a week, week and a couple of days. And how yeah. long were you on the, uh, How long were you away from home for? So it was a five-day course, four nights, uh, and I was away for another night inside of it. For travel purposes. For travel reasons, yeah. So I couldn't get... So quite a commitment on your time. Yeah, so a week, basically, yeah. I was away. And um, I would say probably the hardest thing I've ever done. The hardest thing you've ever done? Yeah. Why is that? Well, it was physically demanding. Um, it was, well, I think we mentioned when, when I said I was going, one of the reasons I was doing it is because I didn't have any of the skills there. So everything that we did was challenging on me. So it was a new skill, mountaineering, rock climbing, abseiling, navigation, forest fire, foraging for food, gutting animals. Skin. I'd never done any of these. So everything was a completely new thing. And that's why you chose it. Exactly, yeah. So it was physically demanding, very little sleep. Um, they, were, they, they, they tried to simulate the exhaustion of being away without food for a long time in a, in a shortened window. Right. Okay. So the very first morning they had us up early doing military fitness through the rivers, um, you know, sit-ups on, on the edge of a bridge, being held up by, by the feet by your colleague. Um, you know, swimming through underground tunnels, freezing cold water, and that kind of that to start day. to start the morning off, and then that was followed by a hike, and then a you know a naked river crossing and things, just <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, so there was it, it was very physical. We had you know, ten hour hikes where we had to navigate to certain points up mountains and down hills and things. So it was just there was a lot of physical exercise, and very little sleep, and, and minimal amount of food really. So we had a few military rations, and, and we were foraging for limpets and crabs, and right. uh, eating certain grasses and things like that, and reeds that were edible. So the the, the, the combination of the physical exertion, the lack of sleep, the minimal calories, uh, the heat. And the discomfort of wet feet, because it was, it was very extreme weather. We had kind of almost like a, a thunderstorm one night, and then the next day it was searing hot sunburn yeah. uh, with midges biting you endlessly. So it was extremes. So that's what that's what I mean by difficult. It was quite difficult for me, someone who's not particularly fit. I, with did you do years. any? Did you do any kind of pre? Fitness work. Nope. You went in pretty cold. Yeah, I didn't watch any of the programs uh, <laughs> deliberately. So just to recap, if anyone hasn't heard about, we've been talking about this for a few weeks. But Jeff, this was advertised as, as a Bear Grylls experience, right? Yeah. Which, which was a um, kind of a you know an on-site experience that Jeff booked up. Um, how many other people on it with you? 
There were nine of us in total. Nine in total. So, and then flown up to deepest, darkest Scotland, and and then yeah, this is, this is what is regaining these stories now. So you didn't actually see Bear Grylls though, did you? Then? No, what? no, we didn't. No, but so we had three three instructors, and they were just incredible human beings. Um, one of them was in, was in the Marines for twenty four years and has had the most decorated people sort of in history. Um, you know, rescuing people's lives from Everest and then going up and rescuing somebody else's <laughs> life from Everest. Really? Yeah, that kind of thing. Um, someone else who was in the paratroopers and they made a film out of one of his missions um, and, and, a, and a volunteer firefighter. Really? Uh, so it was three of them, three, of them, three instructors? So yeah, they were, they were incredible people. They, they worked as hard, but they were very supportive. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was... It was Definitely worth doing. I'm very, very glad I did it. Yeah. it I heard a lot. Well, right. yeah, I remember you, I texted you I think, the day after, and you said you couldn't move. You, you, you physically bed back with you. Yeah, there was there was one the last day. Um, we did. We had to get so we were on the island. We had to get some clean water, and the, the clean water source was, uh, I'd say, a mile away in, in a lock at the top yeah. of the centre of the island. So nine of us and we had to we also had to make a shelter, we also had to find things. So lots of things to do. Basically people self organised and selected the jobs they wanted to do. Right. And I was one of the people to go on the water run. And trudging through the there was a boggy area and hills and things to and carrying water was heavy, heavy yeah. water was heavy. I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't prepared for how heavy water was <laughs> um, when you're carrying sort of thirty litres of it and in the heat. And yeah. So I did that once, and of course, 30 liters between nine people, you're supposed to be drinking sort of four or five liters a day in hot yeah. conditions. Didn't last long, so we yeah. had to do another water run, and my body just wouldn't wouldn't do it. Really? So then I was on cooking duties as well. So you couldn't people. physically go? No, I'd been foraging for food after that, and my, my legs were just aching. I was cramping up. Really? So. Do they uh, have a doctor there? They no. have no, no medic, medical. No, we had, a, we had a walker talking in case of emergencies. Right. No, no medic. So it was, yeah, so then I was on chef duties. So I, I was cooking and I, I was, I was, I was <laughs> fine. It was good. Yeah, it was surprising. The one thing, it might sound a strange thing to say I was disappointed by, but there was, there was no conflict. Oh, really? We all got on really, really well, really, really quickly, considering we were all from very different backgrounds. We had someone from Slovakia, someone from Canada, someone from uh, South Africa who's been living in Austria. Someone from Manchester, Newcastle, Brighton, like all over the place, different, different, completely different people. You know, from from uh, a farmer to um, an actor to a student, so completely different backgrounds, and we all got on really, really well straight away. Really? I was kind of hoping for a little bit of conflict to see how it managed itself, mm. but I was then left reflecting, well, why did we get on so well so quickly? Because the next group, I don't know the details of it, but the group that did it. This week just gone, only half of them stayed. Oh really? Five five quit halfway through and only four really? four made it through. Whereas we all stayed. Uh, we all made it through. Um, but I think yeah, we, we had we had a bit of get to know each other, a lot of lot of banter very quickly, a lot of humour very quickly. We all are similar age and no, uh, range from nineteen to forty two, I think. Oh okay. So quite a split. All um, male. All male, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, which I wasn't. Is that usual? Is that unusual? They said so, they don't get many women on the course. But right. one of the one of our instructors has previously done the course. Right. So she um, she 
had done it. And when she did the course, there was another female in the course as well. Right, but you just okay. don't get as many. No. Uh, probably more sensible. Yeah, less, maybe. Less to prove, maybe. But that is interesting. interesting no, was, there, was there anything deliberate? Deliberately put in to test your resolve as a, as a team. Or? No, there was no, there was no. To be honest, I think we we may, maybe we joked about this a while ago about perhaps um, the idea of a plant. Yeah. And funnily enough, I was the one that was suspected of being a plant, <laughs> <laughs> and mainly because I was taking notes. All right, you got that little. So notebook. I had a little notebook because I, you know, I like to remember things. Yeah. And, and I can't rely on my memory. And I thought, well, if I'm, especially if I'm tired, I might not remember stuff. Um, so every time, every time they were teaching us something, I was making notes. They were teaching us knots, so I was making notes and stuff. Yeah. And they all thought I was a journalist and, and a spy. And, <laughs> but it was, it was in a jokey, jokey yeah, kind of way. Yeah. Sell the stories to the papers. Yeah. Oh wow. And the only thing I think. Trying to think back to the whole, we didn't really go through any kind of team building type thing. No. Um, nothing like we would do you know, in, a, in a course or anything like that. But seeing as we were all sleeping under the same, I'll say roof in a very loose definition, <laughs> uh, spending a lot of time together and relying on each other, um, I, I did ask the question. So, um, you know, if there's one thing I can do, so if there's one thing that I can avoid doing that would really annoy you. What would that be? I'm unlikely. You to, asked that question. Well, yeah. Then. I said I'm unlikely to be the perfect yeah. companion, but uh, but if there's one thing that really annoys you that you know I could really try hard enough to do, what would that be? Um, and they all had to think about that, and that, I, I think that started the conversation of well, this this annoys me, this annoys me, um, and we sort of got that out of the way really quickly. So we so knew, that happened quite early. Yeah, that was the, that was the first evening. And you asked that question to, yeah. to everyone, to the yeah. whole group, did yeah. you? It wasn't just that even knew you, but just just something that. No, you... so we travelled. We travelled up together. So we met. We met in Inverness, and then we had, I think, uh, maybe an hour and a half's journey to get to this right. wilderness place. Yeah. Um, it was a wilderness lodge, which basically there was no one. It was fenced off twenty five thousand acres, right. so there were there were no human beings for miles around. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so we had a bit of time in the car, talked to each other. Yeah. And then we had a bit of time while we were just sort of getting our stuff together and yeah. working out who's going to be sleeping where and being given our water bottles and all that kind of jazz. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah, it was just a, how are we going to kick this thing off kind of conversation. Right. And, uh, yeah, I didn't want to, didn't want to go down there, should we set some ground rules or anything like that conversation. No. But I it might help a little bit. Expose a bit of vulnerability on your part, saying that I'm not, I'm not perfect. Well, yeah, assuming that I am going to... It's, it's inevitable, almost, that some some part of my characteristic persona is going to annoy yeah. somebody. Well, well, yeah. So let's put it out there, and what, what can I minimise? Nice. Nice. Very good. Very good. And how would the instructor... Tell me a bit about the instructors. What was... Um, how would you describe the instructors? Um, hard, but fair. In what way? Um, so they didn't bend the rules. Uh, yeah, they, they, they didn't let you off. No, they, they, no, they kept us honest. Yeah. Um, everything was optional. So right. We didn't have to do anything. Right. Um, but we all did. Um, uh, how do I define? I mean, they 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 were quite awe-inspiring individuals. Than what they'd done in their lives. They tell stories about that. Yeah, but they they didn't brag. I mean, the way that, this is something that. Um, we actually discussed amongst ourselves 
so one of them, a guy called Swifty, who's the ex-Marine, yeah. he won, um, I'm going to get the name of the award wrong, basically, but basically a humanitarian award, a gold award, and I think he's the only person who's ever won it in the last 60 years, wow. that kind of thing, yeah. for saving these people's lives on Everest. Yeah. Um, and he was recounting that story, and he was able to, to tell that incredible story without looking in any way big-headed. Really? And the stuff that he did, the, you almost think, well, it's impossible not to sound arrogant if yeah. you're just telling people this is what I did. But he managed to get that across in a way that made you think, wow, that's amazing, but you're also quite humble, humble. about yeah. it. Um, so just generally awe-inspiring individuals. They, they, they're, quite, they're quite happy to, to talk about what they've done when asked. Um, but equally, just the things they've seen and the things that they've been through just blow your mind, really. So there's that respect that mm. I suppose you need, people are always going to listen, they're always going to accept that criticism or that advice, that support, whatever it is, when you've got that mutual, well not mutual respect, but just the respect for what they've done and their background yeah. and their knowledge, mm. that they're not trying to screw you over. Yeah. And they really do know, they're doing, they're suggesting that or they're saying that for your own good. Yeah. Because they do know best. Yeah, they do. <laughs> and there, I suppose there is that. For me, it would be that sense of thank God you're here. That else I would probably, you know, I'd, I'd suffer. Yeah. If these guys weren't around. So that yes, they are hard taskmasters, but they're also there to protect you to a degree. Yeah. yeah. Then, yeah in, this, in many ways, to protect us from ourselves. Yeah. Just from silly mistakes. But um, um, I was going to say something. I don't know what it was, but. They, they worked very hard at luring us, luring us in, but making from the start said, look, we're, this isn't a boot camp, we're not here no. to screw you over, no. we're not, not going to set you up, we're going to put you out of your comfort zone, but we're going to play it straight down the line. Yeah. I was very suspicious, expecting, <laughs> expecting, I was, no, seriously, I was hiding my rations away, because I thought at some point they're going to come and I'll take the <laughs> rations off, so I'm going to be hungry. And, I, and that, that led to a problem, because I hid them somewhere I couldn't get back to. But... <laughs> And I was not, I was deliberately not eating much because I thought at some point I'm going to need yeah. this food. And they were saying, look, Jeff, you have to eat, you're losing it, you're not, you're not got enough calories. Like, I see you're flagging. I said, but I don't want, I don't want to use rations up too quickly. So you were naturally suspicious. Yeah, yeah, very suspicious. But they said, look, we're not here to screw you over. We're not here to screw you. They kept saying, they kept saying. Um, but, yeah, it was, I found that quite, quite difficult in a way, I think, to, and I, one thing I found really impressive, the instructors, what they've been through and the level that they're at, my natural impression was that it must be incredibly frustrating for them to see people like us yeah. moan about having some yeah. wet shoes <laughs> and having to walk up a thousand metre yeah. hill you think you've got it on bad. a sunny day. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, I mean, we weren't like throwing our toys out of the pram crying or anything but we, it was hard for us my, my legs were genuinely cramping up because yeah. I'm unfit yeah. and I, must, I thought they must look at people like me and think seriously yeah, get a grip but they were really genuinely happy to meet us where we were and, and they, there was no sense of patronising us or yeah. um, you know, they, they realised that whatever, wherever I am starting and where I got to was relatively a huge step mm. and the fact that they are starting a hundred places above me doesn't 
matter because it's the relativity. But they probably of were at that point you know, years ago. Yeah, they, they, when they were eight. Exactly. A long time ago. Yeah. But they have still been at that point. Yeah. And so they recognise the effort, if not the, the level of proficiency. Yeah. Which I found quite. I needed that. Yeah. Make any friends? You think you, you're going to stay in touch with any of these people? Yeah, I don't, I don't think you can fail to, really. When you're thrown into that, you know, we, we bonded so, so quickly. Um, straight away, you know, when you're up in the morning and you're wet and you get doing all this exercise and you're knackered and you're soaking wet and then it's all right, you've got 20 minutes to get ready before going on our hike and we're all trying to get our clothes out to dry and find some dry clothes and we're all helping each other. Now, when every time um, something happened, you know, someone... I mean, literally fell over or yeah. um, run out of something, then without a second thought, somebody offered to help out. You know, I know one person got all of their clothes soaking wet, every single thing, the whole bag of clothes, everything really? was soaking wet. Yeah. And he would have to trek across the island with that heavy bag of sodden oh, stuff. Boy. And everybody said, well, well, just give us a piece of your clothing each. Yeah. We'll take it. Um, and there was that sense of, you know, we, we are all in it together. And that, that was, that was impressive how quickly we formed I was quite impressed with. do you think that's because you all did kind of self-select there was no none of you were I suppose that's the thing with most with, with military and, and training is that people do people opt in yeah. to do that it's not like they're being told well, this is a project they've got to they have to you have to you're on this team tough tough nips you've just got to do it or is it this is something they've actually bought into I get what you're saying and they did buy into it but interestingly enough out of the nine of us at least six, maybe seven of them. This they didn't book this themselves. Ooh. It was booked for them by who? By wives. Oh, really? Or their friends? So-called so, friends. Yeah, yeah. So one of them it was their thirtieth birthday, and their mates club together, and they bought them this. Two of them it was their fortieth birthdays, and their wives bought them. It. Really? Yeah. Uh, so I, there was only about two or three of us that had actually done it consciously themselves. Really. I, mean, I find that surprising. They were all people that were looking forward to it. Don't yeah. get me wrong. It wasn't that, oh my God, what have I someone got so me into? It's the type of thing that they thought they would like and enjoy. Yeah. But, <coughs> but okay. uh, most of them didn't know they were coming on it until like a couple of weeks before. Oh, really? Wow. So, yeah, I, but they wouldn't have done that really unless no. they, they just wouldn't have turned It was interesting, out. like you said, in the week after that half the group left. Mm. Because you'd feel like you were leaving half the group behind. Yeah. To be the first person who mm. leaves. And I don't know the details say, of it, whether it was injuries or no, sickness. It could have been or, sort of genuine. I mean, it, we, we, don't we, know. We, were probably, we were probably quite lucky, even though we had some extreme weather. We had some, you know, when one night of just torrential rain and high winds, and another day where it was baking hot and lots of midges. So I think we, we were quite lucky. It would have been a lot harder if it had been raining continuously yeah. or baking hot continuously. Yeah. Um, but no, we managed to keep on rail up even when we were tired. Um, and music played a lot, big part in that. Go on. There was a lot of singing. When we were, you know, when we were really struggling, someone would come out with a just a, a you know a line in a song, and then the rest of the people would join in. And there was a bit of impromptu harmonising, and it was really just that that just little bit of singing just really lifted the spirits. Really? Yeah, not around the campfire, like when we were walking and stuff, or you know, we just finished and absolutely shattered, or watching the sun go down one night. That was brilliant. It is quite a bonding experience, and this this is going to sound a bit, a bit strange, but I had a similar thing, nothing compared to what you, you did, but um, at a conference, I, I've told you about this before, but I don't know if I mentioned it on the, pop, on the podcast, but um, at an improv conference last year, there was I put myself in for a singing, mm. for a singing tutorial. Mm -hmm. I obviously sung improv is quite a good thing. I thought I, I, was, I was petrified of it. 
but it is once you do it it's quite a liberating experience that you, mm. it kind of lifts an air of you know of, um, of fear that it just and if you're doing it in a group of people that are all yeah. doing the same thing I imagine it's the same type of experience that it is quite uplifting mm. it's not just singing in the shower on your own it's no. just, yeah, singing in front of a crowd yeah the uh, one of the instructors said what do they do he when I was introduced to him, so he's Johnny the Jukebox, and he just loves his music. And he, was he couldn't sing, it terribly turned you know, down. down. But son with such enthusiasm and, and, and happiness and jollity. Yeah. But So that got people going, but also made people think, well, it doesn't matter if I can't sing. Exactly, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Bleep. Doesn't right. matter. Um, we can just sing and have a bit of fun and, and laugh because there's no one else for miles around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no one can hear you. Yeah. So, on a to take a coaching uh, stance on this that's what happened so what does it all mean for you Jeff? Um, well I was pleasantly surprised with how I coped yeah um, like I said I was, it was physically exhausting but we were rationalising this as a group saying well you know if we were stuck on an island we wouldn't get up early in the morning and do military fitness <laughs> we would conserve our calories so you know, if we were stuck on an island maybe we would be a little bit more sensible I learned a lot. Um, I was yeah quite pleased that I was able to still learn things. I, I you know, fear that the older you get, the harder it is to learn new things. Um, but you know, I'd never map read before, map and a compass, and by the end, I was leading yeah. leading a group. Um, so yeah, I was I was quite pleased with my ability to learn and my ability, my resilience, if you like. Uh, yeah, I'd happily do something similar again. Um, yeah, if the zombie apocalypse comes, I think I might last a few days now. Be alright. You know how to how to catch your own food. Yeah. Any any uh, does it resonate with any of your work at all? Anything to do with the agile side of things? Um. Well, interesting. The team size. I think nine was was a, yeah, the upper limit. I reckon. Right. Uh, no cliques formed. There weren't. No, uh, I was like I said. I was kind of half expecting that, um, but no, no, there weren't really any cliques at all. No social loafing. No, no. Um, no I'm just thinking about. It. I didn't really. T-shaped skills. Well, we were all pretty generalising specialists. Oh, yeah. I say, um, and I think that's a lot easier in, in that kind of situation. Um, but we consciously all. You know, took a deliberately tried to upskill in the areas that we did. So we, we had someone on the team who had butchering skills. Right. Um, so you know, he, in his spare time, goes hunting and you know, can catch animals and can oh, really? skin them and everything. Uh, and we deliberately didn't want him to just naturally do all that. So when we had the you know, skinning your animals lesson, I was the first to step up, having never done it, and pulled the head off a pheasant and pulled the wings off and <laughs> open it up and crown it. And really? Pulled the, pulled the, you know, the organs out. And he was sort of standing around and just just watching. Um, I, he felt a little. I think he felt a bit frustrated at that point because he knew more than everyone else. Um, but his skills came in later on when we were on the island and we had a we had a hare. We'd been shown so we had a pheasant earlier on, which we'd been shown what to do with. We hadn't been shown what to do with the hare. They just said, you know, if you catch a rabbit, it's pretty much the same kind of thing. Get on with it. Right. And we had a hare, and we all thought, but we haven't done a hare before. <laughs> Really? Is it the same? Do you just pull the head off? I don't know. Brilliant. So he kind of, you know, coached us through it. Yeah. Um, and he quite enjoyed that. And when we got the crabs, you think, catch a crab, kill it, stick it into boiling water. But he said, no, you've got to dress a crab and you know, do it this way, otherwise you're going to mush it all up. 
Yeah. And so he, every, he said, does anybody want to learn how to do that? And he was enjoyed oh. passing his skills on. And that really, that reminds me of some of the, you know, the more senior or more experienced yeah. people in the scrum team. They wanted to share that. Bringing those others on. It's, their initial reaction is possibly one of frustration that mm. they're slowed down, but actually they enjoy seeing others grow and, and, and teaching. Yeah. So that was there, definitely. Mm. Um, and I, I, have to, I have to put my hand up to one thing because when we were on a hike, so we were just taking it in turns, sort of the, the, the instructor would say, right, on the map, this is the point I want you to get to. And before we set off, you need to work out how far away it is, what direction it is, how long it's going to take, what you expect to see when you get there, how you know if you've gone too far and all this kind of stuff. Uh, so we all had a turn and because I'm quite unfit, there was a few of us, the older ones, were at the back. Of you were the older ones? Yeah, yeah. So there were a few sort of around the 40 mark. Yeah, okay. Um, and so we, we were generally at the, at the back and there were a couple of young ones, mountaineers and things yeah. like that, who were sent, setting a pace. Uh, and at one point, one of the guys was really quite a way ahead of us. Uh, and my legs were cramping up and, and we were sort of struggling, wanting a break. But he was quite a way ahead. And the instructor stopped him and, and said, you need to look as a leader you need to look back yeah. at the rest of your team yeah. look how spread out they are if anything happens yeah. Yeah. Um, he said there's the task there's the individual and there's the team and where your focus is you need to be aware of all the time ah. he said there, there is such a thing as summit fever you know you can see the goals yeah. in sight and you just boom 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 yeah. and I, I, I have to admit thinking quite smugly to myself well I wouldn't do that <laughs> I mean, first of all I wouldn't have the energy to be that far ahead of everybody no, else no. and second of all you know, my natural instinct is to Serving leader. Yeah. So um, when it was my turn, I thought, but I did it. I was off. Really? You would believe the amount of energy I had. I, thought, I know where I'm going. Really? And I can I can do this. Really? I, I've learned this skill. I know where I'm going, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm you know, showing the way. And I look back and way behind me. I thought, wow, really? wow. Yeah, it's someone who's lagging behind looks like they're absolutely out of it. Can't keep up with things. Suddenly, they were given a sense of capability and a sense of responsibility and my energy levels really? went. I thought that was quite interesting. Mm. Summit fever. Hmm. Well, I think, I mean, I see similar kind of things to that in scrum teams in general. You know, you, you, you give anyone a sense of empowerment and, and the sense that they can succeed, um, then you see motivation, you see energy levels. So it's that idea of flow, isn't it? If you find a task that you can you can achieve, and you want to achieve it, yeah, you do become you do you get you develop this tunnel vision, yeah, and that can sometimes, whilst whilst as an, as an image, an individual that's great to find that put that word that you enjoy and that you can do, you've got to be conscious you don't leave people behind mm. or become a a lone wolf, yeah, so to speak. We did we did something on sustainable pace. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we, we marked out, we were sort of pacing out uh, 100 yards. So how many paces of yours does it does 100 yards cover? So, so mine okay. was something like 60 paces which is 100 yards or something right. like that. Yeah. Um, and then we could, if we kept a constant pace, then we could work out how far we'd gone without constantly having to look at a map. So that, that way of thinking. But also, when you're estimating how long it's going to take, making sure that you're, you're, you're working at a, a a sustainable pace at all times mm. so factoring in a bit longer when you're going up a hill and yeah. so on so you don't burn out too quickly you burn your calves out like yeah, that yeah. so that that was obviously a direct mapping so you spoke to the total to count your paces as you walk 
Or not? Uh, it wasn't. They told you to do that. They just said, you know, this is something that you can do. Right. So, to, so we were talking about estimating distance. Yeah. And there were different methods, like holding up two sticks of different lengths and right. things like this. And another one was was paces and triangulation and things like that. Mm. Um, so there were de de various methods, but the pacing had two aspects to it. There was the distance aspect to it, but there was also the the pace aspect to it yeah. as well. So that, that was a direct mapping with regards to sustainable pace, and we so we at regular points we could sort of stop and say, right, how how long has it taken us to do two hundred yards? Yeah. At, at a sustainable pace, which we've worked out as a sustainable pace, it should have taken us this long. Yeah. It's actually taken us this long. We're going too fast. So before we cramped up, All right, we so knew we were going, yeah, yeah, we knew we were going too fast. So we could constantly inspect and adapt the pace that so we're working at. That's kind of an, an iterative approach to reviewing it, I suppose, yeah. you, you took a stop. How often do they stop in terms of time? And well, it's something that you, you know, when you're new to it, yeah. you probably want to take more frequent stops yeah. because you don't want to go too quickly, too quickly. Yeah. Uh, but once you're into a rhythm and you've actually trained, you know, trained your muscle memory to get yeah. into that pace, then you probably don't need to stop and check as often. No. Um, similarly with you know, your direction. If you're stopping very frequently, then yeah. your margin for going off course is significantly less. Yeah. But if you go for longer, then you can be significantly off course. Mm. So to start with, we were stopping and checking fairly regularly, like every 100 to. yards or something. But then after a while, we could go much longer with greater confidence. Interesting. Nice analogy to sprint length. Yeah. Like yeah. Very good. And obviously, our, our shelter building was, was a classic inspect and adapt thing. You know, we built one shelter for one night. And we froze all night and didn't get a wink of sleep because we'd made it too high so too much air could get right. in. We didn't keep the heat in. And it, we spent so much energy building a shelter that was far too big for us. How did you realise, how, how did that information come about then? Did they debrief that with you, the instructors on the day? Did you work out yourself? Well, we built a shelter because there were nine of us. We thought we need to build a shelter that's big enough for nine people. And there were some constraints to what we were working with. So there were some of the trees that were there and the size and things. Uh, and the idea was we'll get nine space for nine people sleeping next to each other. Um, our mistake was building the roof too high. Yeah, so all the heat escape. Yeah, um, and so we were quite happy with what we'd done. You know, we'd filled in the sides, we'd filled yeah. in the front, left the door sort of area. We, for our first ever shelter, we were quite impressed with that. And we sort of sat down self-satisfied. And the instructors came up and said, so how, how's it going? Um, we said, yeah, pretty good, pretty good. What do you think? That's pretty rubbish, guys. <laughs> and we thought they were just yeah. teasing us. So that, that, I'm, I'm pretty disappointed, actually. I thought, I thought you'd do better. You're a good group. I thought you'd do better than that. And we all looked at each other and thought, well, what, what have we done wrong? Yeah. And um, it wasn't until about one in the morning. Oh, so they let you fail? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They let, they let yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. They didn't tell you why they were disappointed. No, I mean, we had a debrief in the morning because they said, this is all about learning because you're going to yeah. have to build another shelter somewhere else tomorrow. <laughs> So practice, find out what works, what doesn't work. Safe to fail experiment. I mean, I didn't have any sleep at all that night. But they must have known it was safe to fail. Yeah. Sure, they, they, would, they must have known you weren't going to freeze to death. No. But they must have equally known that you're going to learn the hard way. Yeah. That this is, this is how you do yeah. it. This is what you need to dictate to practice. Yeah. So when we built our proper shelter, it was a lot lower. <laughs> and it was actually too hot. We were too hot in there. <laughs> we were taking the, really? some of their layers off. Yeah. But um, we did get about four or five hours sleep on the last night because yeah. we'd managed to work out how to do it. So yeah, we, we learnt. We learnt, yeah, and everything really. We learnt about you know, the first fires we built weren't great. Um, 
Can you make the fire now without matches? Yeah. You can. You can do that. Yeah. Life skill. Yeah. What was the... Um, we're running out of time now, but what was the... Two things. What was the strangest thing you ate? What was the worst thing you ate? Because they can be different things. Yeah. What was the nicest thing you ate that you didn't expect to be nice? Um, so the, the least enjoyable thing that I ate was worms. Just because there's not really a lot are to them. Are these earthworms? Or yeah, earthworms, or... just out of the ground. Oh. Um, so they're a little bit gritty, and because they, 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 they're still moving when you're eating them. <laughs> you know, there's, not, there's not really much to them. Um, so that just, it wasn't horrible, just there wasn't really much value to it. Um, but I did that. Uh, surprising, surprising was, well, there were two things that were actually pleasantly surprising. Uh, grasshoppers. Right. So ate a live grasshopper. And How did you catch a grasshopper? Well, um, they, they basically gave us one to oh, try. Oh, to try it. They had some yeah. pre-taught. Yeah. Right. Because um, they said take, catching a grasshopper is quite hard. <laughs> uh, but it was kind of a, you know, get you used to eating stuff right. that you probably wouldn't be used to eating. Bush took a trial. Yeah, Bush yeah. took a trial. Um, and with all of these things, I, I said to myself before I go, I'm going to be the one, the first one in. So I was the first one in the water, jumping straight yeah. across the river and stuff. The first one to grab a grass one. But I just wanted to do that and get it out of the way. Kind of thing. So that was, that was surprisingly tasty, actually. Really? And apparently, gram for gram, it's got five times more protein than chicken. So really? that's pretty good. And the other thing that I was surprisingly enjoyed was limpets. All right. And they're really easy to catch. Yeah. Because they're just stuck to a rock. So you, you don't run you away. Don't have to cook them, or do yeah, you yeah, fry them. Well, so I, I so we, I, I, when I was chef that night, instead of doing the water run, I was um, the, 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 the traditional way of cooking them is boiling them, but that's right. not particularly exciting. So instead, what I got, I found a very thin, thin piece of almost like slate-sized rock, which yeah. I put on top of the fire, right, and that heated up over the fire, and I fried the limpets on top, and they came out a bit like calamari. Oh, nice. So, Went down well with your, we your camp mates. We ate a lot of them. Did you? Yeah. Uh, okay, good. So, earthworms was the worst. Yeah. And limpets was the highlight. Uh, yeah. Food wise. So that we did eat eyes of pheasants. So we, the eye of a pheasant you can eat because it's got a lot of water in apparently. Oh really? So, yeah. Quite really the water. And do that. Um, so I suppose that's probably the, the grossest thing. I suppose. <laughs> Yeah, to get out with a knife. Let's not go into detail. Very good. Well, that was an education for me. We've kind of run out of time. But um, would you do it again? I still, I, I would do something like that again. I, since I've come off the island, I've started watching the TV programme. I started thinking, you, know, you look at things through a different lens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'd like to, I'd quite like to catch myself a little bit more, to be honest. How long is the island? As well? How long are that people out on the island? Three months, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, well played, Jeff. Alright. Well done. Welcome, welcome back yeah. to real life. Time for holiday now. I know. Cheers, mate. Cheers, everybody.